Do we even sound the horn? How do you even start the last dance clip cast, Hank? Henry Dick. Oh God, the game's over. Chicago Stadium is going wild. Chris Wilde. First of all, there's no backstabbing going on here. Lies. It's time for me to move on. This will be Phil's last year as the coach of the Bulls. Why? That's insane! Are the expectations way too high? Where do we go from here? The only question, how long can it last? I'm Chris Wilde, longtime NBA season ticket holder and longtime NBA Clippers podcaster. With me, as always, is Henry Dittman. Oh, Burbank Hank, back in the house, literally still in my house. I've never leave my house. I'm not allowed to. So 2020 <laughs> will be the year of COVID-19, but for basketball fans, it will now be more than the year where we had the months-long, months, plural, long hiatus. It will actually also be the year of The Last Dance. ESPN Ugh. Films and Netflix presents, and I have loved every minute of it. Dude, it's so awesome. Now, you watched it every week. Is that correct? I did. I watched two hours weekly and was absolutely delighted every Sunday. Meanwhile, I watched it starting Wednesday night. You binged. I binged it. And you know, I got two small kids. So as a result of that, there were there were a lot of nights where I like I would like fall asleep watching it. And then the next day I'd get up and be like, how much did I sleep through? And I have to rewatch episodes. But it just was, I loved it. Was it. I loved every epic. minute of it. Now, look. The Bulls won their final, last dance, second three-peat championship in the summer of 1998. Is that correct, Hank? Yes. Now, is that is that when you moved to L.A.? Am I, am I getting That's that right? That's what I'm talking about. Because I moved the here Bulls in 97. win the championship, and then literally days later, I moved to Los Angeles and haven't left since. So my NBA journey... Well, you have le- you have left the city of Los Angeles. You've visited other places. You've left. I live in You've LA been in now. LA since ninety-eight. It's twenty twenty. I've never lived anywhere. You've lived here for twenty-two years. Well, you went to Europe. You went back to you went back to New Jersey. Jesus, You've been to Hawaii Jesus a couple of times. Jesus Christ on the cross. This is the Last Dance podcast, <laughs> and you're hemming and hawing about me visiting other towns. Well, you said you never oh left, God. and you have left. That's up. I'm just if saying we were, you're lucky you're on lockdown because I would give you a left and a right and then an uppercut and a jab and a body blow because you are annoying. You would me, not be. Hank. I would not let you. <laughs> oh, you would block. I would it? not let you do that because you're not allowed to get social distancing and you don't have six foot arms. I will tell you something. You wish you did. I think it actually. When when they when they compared Michael Jordan to Muhammad Ali and Babe Ruth. Now, granted, I didn't live during those times. I just think Michael Jordan yeah. was bigger than both those sports figures. Now, that being said, well, Babe Ruth is the most iconic I mean, I, baseball player of all time. Right? Yeah. Muhammad yes. Ali oh, yeah. is the most iconic boxer of all time. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And Michael Jordan is yes. the hands-down most iconic basketball player of all time, not up for debate. He is number one. No, not up for debate. But but let's but let's also keep in mind it's all per each era. I mean, I thought what was really interesting in the in the finale today was when they said, you know, what's so shocking about Jordan was that he did all of this without Twitter and social media and YouTube and cell phone cameras and all of that. He he did all of this because he just was that amazing. So it it's really apples and oranges to look at different eras. 
because Muhammad Ali had even less. Sure. There wasn't 24-hour sports. There wasn't 24-hour news. Right. So, and and also Muhammad Ali was much more uh, lauded for his political views and and uh, and 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 even that I, I I found that part of the documentary a little uh, they were a little off the mark a little bit. Muhammad Ali, uh, I'm not really 100 percent sure that Michael Jordan being compared because he didn't want to stand up and speak oh, for a candidate insane. is the same thing as Muhammad Ali resisting the draft. And you know what I mean? Like that's well, sure. Yeah. That, Michael that Jordan a, wasn't playing in a time these are where they tried stakes. to draft him for a war he didn't want to fight. Exactly. But it is exact. But that is exactly my point: is that it just depends on what era you are living in. Like, would LeBron James twenty years ago um, have been such a vocal proponent for racial change and rate and and social justice that he has been? Right. Uh, would Michael Jordan be that now? Right. We, we, don't, we don't know. know. I mean, now now it, it's easier now for celebrities to be controversial and people to separate. I can completely hear Michael Jordan saying, "Hey, Republicans wear." buy my sneakers too but i also think he just wasn't a political guy he was a machine sure. he, and he was a very specific weapon um i i but was such a human like they, they really they really did such a beautiful job the moments that we see saw him get get choked up and not just the times where he was talking about his dad specifically the time where he was being called on basically bullying his teammates and through tears was saying you know, if you don't want to play the way I want to play, maybe you shouldn't play with me. And he just starts crying. It was like, man, this is a guy who realizes what he lost to win so f- much. How does the owner not just pay the piper for one more year? How does he not just say, okay, we're going to give these guys an outrageous amount of money and go one more time? What What is wrong with this dumb idiot owner? What well, is wrong with this dumb yeah, idiot Jerry well- Krause? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I I think I think this move of announcing it at the beginning of the season was so insane. It was it was a power move. Look, Kraus, who I only let me be fair, I only know about Kraus what they showed me in the last dance, right? So I don't really like if there's more to him, I couldn't tell you, but from watching it, he seemed to me like a dude who like in in the moment of the team winning couldn't just couldn't let them win and without saying it's all of us by the way you guys it's the organization's bigger than the team well i'll tell you something that i picked up was just a little moment that pippen said where he said i got to play for uh what's his name phil jackson the greatest nba coach of all time i got to play with michael jordan the greatest nba player of all time and i got to play under jerry Krause, the greatest nba general manager of all time i mean that's what pippen yeah the guy who literally clearly hated Krause, who Krause played psychological mind games with and and obviously looking at this documentary you see that scotty pippen was not the psychologically strong mental warrior that michael jordan certainly is (laughs) and was no, t- no. And, my takeaway is Scotty Pippen's even he, a bit of a head is, case, Even Hank. he, we'll get there. But you, but the point you were making is, even he said, Krause is the greatest GM uh, NBA general manager at the time. I mean, and he was. Look at the team. But he Look, said he of all time. What he accomplished. Pippen said of all time about Jerry Krause. Yeah, but I mean, there's that was 20 years ago, so it was of the time that he was able to say that, right? I mean. I mean, Pip just said it now. Pip said it now. It was Pip saying it now in an interview 
with his deep voice. Yeah, but of course, of course the, he's gonna say that. Of course he's gonna say that. Jerry, no man, I'm I don't sorry. think he. Of who's course the, he is gonna say that. Who's the greatest? I, I would, my, I, dude. If I, if I was Pippen, I'd be like, yes, I played for the greatest coach of all time in Phil Jackson. Yes, I played with the greatest basketball player of all time in Michael Jordan. But that Jerry Krause is the biggest son of a bitch of all time. I never would have called him the greatest general manager of all time. Of course, he did put the pieces together, and he. Look, the the move, the genius move of firing Doug Collins, which at the time was bananas and bonkers, but in hindsight, it was a genius move to raise yeah, Phil was. Jackson through the ranks. And Phil Jackson sitting there learning from the triangle offense guru, Tex, whatever his name was. Let's call him Tex McGillicuddy. That's not accurate. But all of this cool That's stuff. Not. Now, look, when the Bulls had their – decade that they owned the 90s I was just a kid I didn't know that much about the Detroit Pistons the bad boys of Detroit I had no idea Hank that Michael Jordan it took him three tries to get past Dennis Rodman's championship Pistons I did not I did not either by the that. way by the way it's Tex it's Tex Winter by the way I thought you'd find it you didn't I'm going to come back along Tex Winter Tex Winter who created the triangle yeah Tex Winter man the guy is a genius Winter. and Phil Jackson was there as a sponge and it was literally the perfect storm and Doug Collins Yeah and I didn't I didn't realize that either I didn't realize either that uh that that uh, Rodman had been a, one of the bad boy Pistons. Because you I think personally like had scuffles with Scottie Pippen, Isaiah Thomas. You know what I mean? You think of the bad, like you think about those guys. I'm pretty sure it was Lame Beer, wasn't he? <laughs> like that crazy tall white monster, Bill Lambeer. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He was a thug, and every and a lot of people truly, a lot of NBA players then and now truly hate him. And I love very Michael Jordan, very hated player, snubbing Isaiah Thomas from the Dream Team. And and meanwhile, Christian oh, Leitner well, gets to go. I mean, he denied that. Jordan denied that he actually did it, but it, everyone knew that he had beef. And they basically were like, "Hey, man, don't worry. He's not going to go. You're not going. You're not going to have to play with him." And I think Jordan was like, "All right." But Jordan kind of said he didn't actually initiate that, but it was done on his behalf. That was basically what it was, as I understood it. Yes, but everyone know. knows that was basically what it was. I also didn't realize Michael Jordan in '84 before he joins the pros, wins a gold with Team USA as an amateur before they let pros compete in the Olympics. That was fascinating yeah. to me as well. So many great takeaways. Very. I, I also thoroughly enjoyed the Space Jam, Warner Brothers, Jordan Dome. Like the, like the, the oh my gosh, there's so much sessions. more than just making a movie. It was, like, it, it was integral to his comeback. As a basketball player. Absolutely. Amazing. And you know that they did and, not do that for Space Jam, A New Beginning, or whatever the heck the latest incantation is that they shot last summer in your neck of the woods well, no. in Burbank. But who knew Burbank no. was going to be such a pivotal part of the Bulls' second three-peat? A lot of people called um, me the Michael Jordan of Burbank. A, a lot of people are saying that. A lot of people are you just now. I just said it just now, just me. You know what I really liked. What I really liked watching it. I had always, first of all, you know, one of my most repeated sayings about NBA players is that the most dangerous NBA player is what the one with a chip on his shoulder. And I had always that's correct. And I had always heard that Jordan sort of like was you know was quick to take 
take you know minor offenses and really pump them take up. Take umbrance. It was pretty. It was pretty amazing how often he would say, "And I took that personally." Like that. I bet you could put together a montage of Michael Jordan saying, "And I took that to heart. I took that personally." He and created when, when these he, chips. When he on made his stories up. Historically, he, large sometimes shoulders. he literally made up. He made up stories just to get himself up for it. It's pretty amazing. Guys, the guy was a monster. Oh, another monster, another monster that was re- really fun to watch in the in the replays. Who I know you love, Horace Grant. Oh, absolutely. Oh the man, goggles. what a beast! What a beast! I completely forgot that Indiana Pacers. This is, was just on tonight's episode that the Indiana Pacers took the Bulls to seven in the Eastern Conference Finals because one of my favorite stats is you know how many games Michael Jordan. How many Game 7s Michael Jordan won in the NBA Finals? None, because he never needed to go to seven. He always won in six or less. So I sat there thinking, oh, nobody ever took Michael to seven, not when he was dominating. But there was Reggie Miller, that son of a gun who never got a chip. Never got a chip, Reggie. But it was the... But it was the but you just said it yourself. It was he never played a game seven in the finals. No. In the playoffs, in I the guess Eastern he did. Conference finals, he did. Yeah, but not a final. No, not an NBA final. Conference final. Six and zero in the NBA finals. I mean, come on. To do the three peat once, to do it twice. And yes, of course, we're all gonna sit there and scratch our heads and say, what if? What if he doesn't go to baseball? But my goodness, how emotional can you get? Between Michael Jordan's father and the horrible thing that happens to him. And then, of course, oh, Steve God. Kerr's father and the horrible thing that happens to him. I had no idea about Steve Kerr's dad. No idea. No idea. I had no idea at all. Yeah, that was a re- heartbreaking. 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 And and when when they did, when they said that in, in the interview, did you and your you and Michael ever talk about your fathers? I just went, oh, no. What we're going to talk about brutal, when man. we come back after the break, Hank, oh, okay. is, was this documentary outrageously biased because wasn't it produced by Michael Jordan's production company? Let's talk more about that oh, no. when we're on the other side of the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Wait, what? It was produced by Michael Jordan's production company? Yeah, I, I'm pretty, Are you serious? I'm pretty sure Mandalay Sports Entertainment or whatever it is. You know, you see that's like the first credit. Like, it's obviously ESPN Films and Netflix Presents, but it's a Mandalay Sports Entertainment production. That's Michael Jordan's company. Well, they're certainly not going to do a gotcha, t- a 10-part gotcha documentary about him and have him sitting there being interviewed for it. Well, I mean, he'll never be but interviewed I, for Sports Illustrated ever again because of Sports Illustrated saying that he was a wash as a baseball player, and he's like, all right, screw those guys. I don't need you. You need me. Peace. And he never talked you know, to Sports Illustrated ever again. My first summer stock theater job as an actor, after my first year of college, I got a summer stock job uh, doing doing Peter Pan, uh, Damn Yankees, 
And the King and I, in Birmingham, Alabama, at Birmingham Summerfest, where he had just played the year before, played minor league ball. And he was not on the team that year. We went and we sang the national anthem as a, as a cast. And then we watched the game. Every piece of merchandise, every schedule, every program had his picture on the front of it, and he was not playing with the team. Crazy. <laughs> and that, there was a season that after. That was the team. That was the White Sox minor league team. Yeah, it was a team. Crazy. In Birmingham. So Birmingham, tell me about your basketball. Like, look, Michael Jordan made me love basketball. He he made a basketball oh, yeah. fan out of me. I was living in New Jersey. I was a Nets fan. The Nets weren't great. We were living in the shadow of the very dominant New York Knickerbockers, Patrick Ewing's Knicks. Remember them? Do you remember the remember the Knicks? Classic. Remember that when they mattered? <laughs> I, I, I had no memory of it until I watched The Last Dance and I saw Jordan and Pippen destroy the Knicks, and it was awesome. Because I hated oh, the yeah. Knicks growing up, and I liked Buck Williams's Nets, and they didn't do anything, okay? And yeah. so Michael Jordan was bigger than basketball. He was bigger than sports. He was bigger than entertainment. The coolest T-shirt that I owned in high school was a Mars Blackman Michael Jordan T-shirt. I wore that thing. I washed. I, I wore it at least a minimum of once a week. That thing went right in the laundry as soon as I was done wearing it, so I could wear it again next week. I didn't want to wear it two days in a row, Hank, but I wore it weekly in high school. Michael Jordan. I think you probably made wore it strongly. Love the game of basketball. I had a Jordan jersey before I even had a Nets jersey. Before I had a Nets jersey, I had a Jordan felt red 23 Bulls jersey. And I would go out and shoot free throws in the back of my hoop in my backyard on the blacktop. So talk to me about your basketball experience. I know your first team was the Seattle Supersonics, correct? They they were for a completely random reason. I was not raised in a basketball household. I was raised in a football household, Dallas Cowboys. That's my team. Uh, I when I went to college um, at University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, I uh, started going to see our basketball team, and no one else went to see them, and I just really started to fall for. Actually, actually, I'll take it back. I really fell in love with basketball uh, at my high school in the Panhandle of Florida, the Choctahatchee, uh, Choctahatchee High School Indians. They were awesome. It was a great team, really fun team. I became a huge lo- uh, fan of basketball, but I didn't watch a lot of pro ball. Then I started watching my college team, and by the time I went to my second summer stock gig now, a year after the Birmingham gig, uh, my roommate in the dorms for this summer stock job was a guy from Seattle, and it was the year that the Sonics played the Bulls that they actually covered in the documentary. Uh, but keep in mind, there was no TiVo. There was no internet to speak of, and and certainly there was there was— there was no way to watch games unless you VHS taped them. Right. And so every night every night we did the show, he would VHS tape the game. We'd buy beers before the game and put them in the trunk of his car. We would do our show, and then we would run to the car with, like, like wouldn't talk to anyone, wouldn't look at anyone. Windows rolled up because even though we were in Denver, Colorado, by the way, Durango, Colorado, rather, even though we were in Colorado, not Chicago, we not we people were celebrating it's Michael Jordan, and, but and but also people were celebrating. They were celebrating when the Bulls won. They were sure. cheering for the Bulls, and so we Bulls knew were the America's spoilers were everywhere. So we would race home and watch games uh, <clears throat> on VHS. Now, that means that I was introduced into the NBA 
hating Michael Jordan, even though I could clearly see that he was incredible. You're and instead loving Gary Payton, the glove in that series. Why doesn't coach Carl, Sean Kemp, why doesn't Det coach Lef Carl Schrumpf. put the glove on Jordan? Why does he wait till game three or four or whatever it was? Well, I guess he's not as smart as people say he is. I mean, he he's had he's had other senior moments since then, but it certainly was a big mistake. Also, no one was going to deny Jordan. Uh, but I love Gary Payton still having his revisionist history. I Gary Payton was my first love as a basketball player, and for how much I I I am so relieved that we will never leave Los Angeles. But anytime somebody has said to me, "Well, I heard the Clippers are going to." Seattle. I'm like, they're the Sonics. It would be so, it won't happen. It will never happen, but it would be so full circle for me for my, to start with the Sonics and then have the return of the Sonics be the Clippers, but it's never going to happen. Well, let's just dip into a little Clipper talk right now. P.S. I had an L word fan come up to me and say, so the Clippers are going to play in the Great Western Forum. I go, no, no, not at all. Lord people. You're used to, people are not bright. You're used to some like, middle class rich family owner we are rich 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 owner we buy multiple oh, stadiums okay we he didn't he buy the great it, so western not- forum to play in the great western forum as a matter of fact he bought the great western forum so we could have spillover parking he, he is just <laughs> that much of a baller steve balmer we are building the clippers arena in inglewood everything is oh a yeah go. 2024 i wonder about if social distance seating will be implemented, but who knows? That's too much of my crystal ball. Oh, in twenty twenty oh buddy, in twenty twenty four, we're gonna be done with this by then. Twenty we're gonna be done with this in twenty twenty two. Yes, far. but look at how you said that. We'll be 20, done with this by then. Let's say let's uh, get rid of it we'll in twenty twenty, please. But also if, speaking of Clipper Talk Clippers fans, they are opening up the Clippers training facility tomorrow uh, for rehab and uh, conditioning and all that Four sort of thing. They're gonna practice time, social distancing. Uh, is that what the detail is? I believe. Uh, it's very exciting. It's Everything, very exciting. Everything, by the way, I'm uh, reading is how wonderful our commissioner is and how dialed in to the players and the superstar players about how on the same page he is. Because I watched a documentary on Hulu about Air Jordans, about the sneaker, AJ1, Air Jordans, okay? The sneaker that yeah. blew up because of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan wanted to go to Converse or Adidas. Nike was nothing but like a tennis and running shoe at the time. And Michael Jordan, they Nike says, look, we're not going after three guys. We're going all in on one guy. And for the first time ever, we're going to make a shoe just for you, Air Jordan, and how that blew up. But then Commissioner Stern, then Commissioner Stern, you could only wear white sneakers back then. And Michael Jordan and his Air Jordan 1s were red and black, which, by the way, matched the Bulls' uniform. And then Commissioner, what's-his-name, Stern, the late, great Stern, apparently not that great, P.S., he literally said, you can't wear red and black uniform-matching sneakers. They have to be white sneakers. And they tried to ban Air Jordans from the NBA and fine Michael Jordan for wearing Air Jordans. Oh, he paid the fine. Nike he paid the paid fine. It for him. I remember Nike that. Nike paid it for him. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. But it was a wonderful Wait, no, that's complimentary weird. documentary. Wait a second. And it is not nearly as good because at the end of the day, it's a 90-minute movie about sneakers. <laughs> but, but then, so then when they show, in the last dance, when they had that great commercial clip where all the famous basketball players were holding up their Converse in the colors of yes. their uniforms. Yes. And I remember players, I remember players playing in those Converse that match their uniforms. They were playing in those colored Converse that match the uniforms after 
the Jordan thing? Well, they were they were playing in white sneakers that had green highlights for the Celtics and purple highlights oh. for the Lakers. Got it. So that's what it was. Got it. Yeah. It was crazy. Got it. But st- well, I, I didn't I'm not gonna watch that documentary just like although it I'm sure it's great, I'm not gonna subscribe to Quibi just to watch the Clippers documentary about Donald Sterling going down. I feel like Ramona nailed it on her on her pod on ESPN. Oh, you know, I didn't even uh, listen and, to that. I certainly won't watch a and, show about it. And no, frankly and frankly, I at this point I, I'm on all the streaming that I want to be streaming. Also, I want to watch watch a 10-part documentary that celebrates the greatest basketball player of all time dominating basketball and filling me with facts that I did not know that dizzied me and delighted me. I do not want to look in the rear view and go, oh, remember like one of the darkest times of basketball? Remember one of the crappiest times? The the only thing we haven't gotten on that story that I think might be interesting in this doc is is the sit-down interviews with, like, DJ, Chris, Blake. Uh, Blake yeah, because it's Blake's production company doing it, right? Oh, is it? Yeah, I, I think sure. it'd be. I think, I think it'd be interesting to sit and, like, hear their opinions about it. But don't we I'm all know them? Don't we know they hated thing. it? Don't we know Doc Rivers hated being Diamond Don's coach? Don't we all what know Blake, what if Blake was? What if Blake was like, ah, Everybody should just give him a break. He's all right. <laughs> He's just a misunderstood old dotty man like Scrooge McDuck. No, he was a piece of crap. And the greatest thing that the new NBA commissioner, Silver, did was ban Donald Sterling for life. Oh, it was a beautiful time. But we're talking about the last dance. And one of my great takeaways, we're like back. I said, was the Space Jam Jordan Dome in your backyard of Burbank. I thought that was so cool and how instrumental it was to to his return to be game ready for the NBA because I do remember him joining late that one season and them getting beat in the playoffs. And you're like, oh, my gosh, is Michael Jordan human? No, he was just in baseball shape, and he needed to get back into basketball shape. Isn't that so interesting that his personal trainer, when he went to baseball, was like, hey, man, this is going to not be great for your basketball career. And he's like, I don't care. I'm all in. I found that so fascinating. I wouldn't have ever thought they're different bodies, but of course they are. You're doing two different things. And thank Uh, God for that Major League Baseball strike when they wanted to put the replacement players in, because had that not happened, Hank, I think Michael Jordan becomes an excellent baseball player or certainly a very good baseball player, and we don't get the second three-peat. Well, he's no Tim Tebow. I'll tell you, that was at the time very hot for Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders, for guys to play multiple sports and dominate. Like Bo Jackson was massively popular. Yes, he was not as popular as Michael Jordan, but Bo Jackson was very popular, as was Neon Dion Primetime Sanders, because they played two professional sports. I like that Jordan tried to do it. Well, that's not true, actually. I hated that he did it. I absolutely hated that he did it. Obviously, you I never, did? Yes, I 100% hated it. I hated it, because... They could have won nine championships in nine years. They really could have. Maybe stubbed their toe once, but certainly they could have gotten more than six. And anyone who sits there and tells me, oh, LeBron is better than Michael, look at the stats. I'm like, what? Well, shut your mouth. Look at how much tougher. But buddy, it's that- no fun. It's no fun watching the same team win nine years in a row. Look how look how gassed on it on the Warriors people people got. Oh, dude! Like, nothing no was more fun. boring you, than seeing the Cleveland Cavaliers 
play the Golden State Warriors year after year after year. It was just boring. Well, I'm maybe not that, but I mean, certainly, certainly knowing that the the Warriors were basically just going to roll and roll and roll was. I, it, they only did it three years, and I was over it. Now, of course, they were our hated rival. But Division imagine if they done it nine. Well, then imagine the Warriors if they went it, there five years, right? Four years. What in if a they row? won nine in a row, dude? What if the Warriors had won nine in a row? War, people they were couldn't. tuning out. Warriors during, couldn't even win three ba- in a row. The, People barely watched the regular season because they were like, oh, it's just going to end up being the Cavs and the Warriors. And they came up with all these crazy stories to try to get people watching ESPN. And in the end, it was the Cavs and the Warriors. Every time. Still but the, the Warriors were 3-2. and two. They lost to Kawhi Leonard. They lost to LeBron James, two L.A. basketball stars. Now, Jordan, meanwhile, I'm telling you, man, Michael Jordan's different than Steph Curry with the baby face. Oh, I'm a shooter. I'm a shooter. I'm a shooter. Uh, My bones are made out of popsicle sticks. I'm a shooter. Michael Jordan was a special character. I would have liked to have seen Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls literally win every single NBA Finals in the 90s. I would not have felt that was repetitive. I would have loved to have seen the Bulls versus Akeem Olajuwon and Sam Cassell's Houston Rockets. I would have loved to have seen that, dude. I would have loved to have seen Jordan not go and waste two of his prime years trying to be a baseball player. Oh, now, now listen, spe- speaking of speaking of the Rockets, that is, if I am correct, where Scottie Pippen went. He pl- he, he was after a blazer, he, I know, after, as well, after. But he went, he went directly to the Rockets. But I'm assuming basically nothing happened. And then I think he played one last season with the Bulls at the very end, but it was a short season because of injuries. Uh, Scottie Pippen was a very interesting character, and I was somewhat – I mean, now, especially learning that it's Michael Jordan's production company, they – I, it, was it my imagination? Like he kind of came off like a baby a little. Like he, it's massive no one forced him to case, no dude. one the no one forced him to sign that terrible contract. Case. So does he have a bad agent? Did he make a bad deal? I don't know. But in the end, he basically shut down because he had a bad deal that he negotiated and agreed to. And then that game where he wouldn't go in at the end, insane. I was like. I, I just have never heard of that happening in sports. I've heard about I've heard about teams getting blowed out and then deciding, hey man, we're out of here, let's walk off. But with seven seconds left, sure. But to just look at the coach and go, nah, nah, dude, I'm good. It's so it's so crazy. I want to me. talk about he came off like a baby in a head case, and I want to talk about Dennis Rodman being a cuckoo clock. These are two things that we need to further expand on, Hank. I'm telling you, Rodman, first of all, this is my impersonation of Den- of Scottie Pippen. He's very low talker. He's really low register. He's very low energy. And I thought he looked very handsome in his pink polo. But you're talking too quickly. <laughs> I didn't, He's very deliberate. I didn't. He's very deliberate. He's very good. It's just... Sm- He's got a beautiful voice. Dude, it's like, dude. Like, Great baritone. I, I have this app on my phone called Calm, and it's like... Very slow, lulling story. Oh, yeah, my wife's trying to, to get me to do it. Yeah. John McEnroe will explain the rules of tennis, and I will be out like a light. It's fantastic. I'm telling you, I just my need wife wants me to get Scotty on Scotty Pippen interview tapes, and I will be asleep oh, yeah. in 20 seconds. All right. That's your new calm. All right. But, man, what a beast. What a it's great player. And what a, go what, what a genius to know his role. Heavy eyelids. Stop. I'm getting sleepy, dude. We're recording this at like 1030 at night. I'm getting sleepy.
Burbank is a wonderful place to sleep. Burbank is where they had the Michael Jordan dome during the Space Jam filming. Wake up, Hank! Oh my gosh! Oh my god! I had a dream. They did that a I was wonderful it. job with the Last Dance. The entire through line of all of the unabridged access that so geniusly was granted by clearly Michael Jordan himself, since that oh, was his bro, production wait, wait, wait a company. Second. I'm I'm gonna stop you just because I that that let's start at the structuring of the documentary the way the the graphic of the sliding timeline amazing was brilliantly executed it was so clear Who, whoever said hey we're we're gonna bounce back and forth the the beginning of two different eras and end up at one single point so good. I don't know who's the person who said hey man I don't know how we're gonna make that clear. But the graphics designer or the producer or the story producer or whoever came up with that I idea. I actually know like who was. It was, back Carmen, it was Electra. So... Carmen Electra's idea, and they ran with it. You're so the hot one-time Dennis She's Rodman beautiful. fiance. Carmen Electra looked good back then, and she looks good right now. I'm a massive She's Carmen like, Electra She's like, I didn't fan. know he had practice. I did not know he had practice. And Michael Jordan came in, and I hid under the covers. That was amazing. And then also, I vividly remember Dennis Rodman missing practice to go be a wrestling bad guy with Hollywood Hulkster. Yes! I vividly I also, remember oh, that. Oh, and to that, I, I vividly remember um, Bob Costas's line about that he's such a floundering mess, but on the court, his you know his his off the court antics continued to dumbfound, but on the court he continues to be amazing. And I remember Bob when Costas, Costas was one of the great NBA you, sports you, commentators, buddy. We, don't you remember when he retired from calling the play the postseason? We talked about it, like what a what a loss it was. Yeah, he was such a great because he, he loves baseball. He was such a great basketball commentator. Well, NBC oh, lost the a contract. NBC lost a contract. The contract oh, is that what it was? To, AB and, uh, to ABC and TNT, yeah. So NBC oh, no I thought he just stopped doing it. Games. No, he's an NBC uh, guy. That's why he always does the Olympics, because the NBC has the Olympics. The Peacock Network, also out there uh, in Burbank adjacent, uh, adjacent in the basement. Uh, Burbank adjacent, a uh, universal city, I believe, is the universal NBC now. Um, but anyway, oh, no, Universal Universal Studios is the basement of Burbank. That's right. It's a it's a crap hole compared to beautiful Burbank. So thank you, Bob Costas was wonderful. I also loved some of the uh, some of the commentary from uh, from Bill Walton was wonderful because Bill Walton, you know, obviously longtime color commentary guy for the Clippers next to Ralph Lawler, but, and he was one of the greats, but yeah, dude, it, it was such an excellently done time capsule to take us back to a guy that changed basketball forever. All of these guys coming up, my wife's big takeaway when she watched it was like, Holy cow. Listening to Michael Jordan be interviewed now, then watching his game, watching his swag, Everyone always said, oh, Kobe emulated him. Kobe idolized him. Kobe yes. imitated him. Yes. She was like, holy cow, that's Kobe's cadence. Kobe like lifted yes. everything from the swag to the shot to the way he talked post-game, pre-game. And oh, obviously, yeah, the, the, the if you're going to emulate somebody, fist, emulate Michael Jordan. The the fist he would hold out just at the right height, jumping up on the scorer's table the way he put his arms up when he won. But the interview, the interviews they played of Michael Jordan in those that final – uh, ra- that final run, 1998 p- postseason, I closed my eyes and was like, dude, that is 
that literally sounds exactly like Kobe Bryant. And my, he's chilling. My nine-year-old son. Because, was but watching. he he did that. He imitated him. Absolutely. He imitated 100%. him. He's, he's and that's why Kobe was such a tyrant. Wouldn't sit at the same table with the Laker team when they would go out to I dinner. I know he was of he was of a different. We've talked about this many times. It was a different era in leadership where people wanted to be yelled at and. But I'll tell you something. Responded what to I it. what I saw in this documentary was Michael Jordan had to go from me, 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 me to team, 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 team. I mean, obviously, there was obviously going to be me, 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 me. But the Doug Collins MVP year, they didn't get there. He needed to get yeah. he needed to get Phil Jackson, and he needed to do meditation and indigenous American, like all this cool stuff that Phil Jackson's going out of the box as well as implementing the triangle offense. But my Gosh, Jordan had to have Phil Jackson. Just like I think Pippen, obviously, had to have Michael Jordan there. Oh, sure. Who knows what kind of a player Pip is if he doesn't go on the Bulls. Like he, I, People always say he's top 50 all time. There's no way that guy's top 50 all time on any other team. Oh, well, let's, let's encourage our listeners to listen to this episode of Clipcast again and go back to the period of time where we were talking about how we couldn't figure out what had happened to Scottie Pippen after he left the Bulls? That's what kind of player he would be. I mean, look, he was obviously a great player. I guess this is and you now could argue he is pl- This is arguably Pipcast. Ugh. <laughs> but you know what? You know another great another great eye opener of watching was just how much these dudes used to freaking fight. Oh, the fighting! Oh, like yeah, they dude. fought. It was a much this isn't more like physical. This game isn't like hold them back. Now it's this all like about choking and hitting jump shots. Yeah. Then it was all about put a body on him, don't let him get in the paint, brutalize him. And then obviously the NBA has changed, okay? So some can say it's evolved, some can say it's devolved. Now it's just this jump shot three-point league. But look at like guys like Blake well, Griffin that's come in here and get banged up and are injury prone because and they said, "Well, we can't have our superstars getting banged up. We've got to do something." Yeah, no but dude, no, do, but Sure, it's that's softer. why the that's why the defense that's why the defense the defensive fouls and all of that are what they are. But but the reason why the game has changed is I believe because of advanced analytics and because they've realized that you you just shoot more threes. Sure, just shoot threes and dunk. So three is uh, is is one more than two, Hank. I just did some yeah, advanced you, analytics. That's really that is correct. Three is now, one now, more than two. There, there is How about another Utah great... Jazz scoring 52 points in an entire game in the NBA 50, Finals? 54. <laughs> Excuse 54, me. but yes, that insane. That last bucket in. 54. Insane. Insane. Right? Humiliating. Then, dude, I mean, literally all of the Dennis Rodman stuff was a real treat. The fact that Phil Jackson you're, you're... allowed him to just take a vacation to Vegas and miss regular season games, only Phil Jackson's doing that. No other coach is doing that. Well, Rodman nailed it, didn't he? When he was like, you know, Phil just knew that I had to be me. I had to do my own stuff, and if and if I was here, I had to do that. And he knew I had to do that. And I I believe Phil did know he had to do that. He had to manage his insanity. Yes. Uh, and and you know, give him a little rope. He had to give him a little give him a little line there so they could get out there and uh, blow off some steam. So what uh, was, was co- it? Yeah, the, speaking of, hold on a second. Yeah. Speaking of Phil Jackson, yes. Uh, the documentary is also a great reminder that Phil Jackson's the shape and structure of his body and shoulders have always just been a complete mess. Well, <laughs> the I, dude loved is all, built I liked the footage very of him strangely. playing as a player. 
strange. It's like he's con- he's always got his he's always in a shrug, and his shoulders are somehow set six inches above the rest of his body. Yeah, <laughs> he's dude, not, he's shaped very strangely. He's not of off-putting. this earth. He's not of this earth. There were times when Michael Jordan was being interviewed now, currently. I'm guessing that was a house in Malibu, but maybe it's on the North Carolina Atlantic shores. Who knows? But regardless, there were times when Michael Jordan was being interviewed, and I was like, my God, it's just, he he looks exactly the same as he did 20, 30 years ago. No, obviously he doesn't. He's 30 years older. But there were times when you're like, these guys are just literal living angels, Hank. They are gifts from the heavens for us to get us through these crazy times like we're riddled with right now. And what a gift the last dance was. And what a great thing for basketball Air Jordan was. Special, man. Absolutely special. And who knows, we may never see it again in our lifetimes. My son, nine years old, watching the documentary with me, like to figure out what some of the curse words were if they were bleeped out. And I'm pretty sure he figured out most of them. <laughs> just because the mo- his mom's got a real nasty uh, vocabulary. Oh, she's not foul me. mouth. She's got a foul mouth. No, like never sailor. you. Not me. No, like never you. You're a bo- you're from a choir. That's right. I'm you're a, bo- a you're a son of preachers. I'm a gentleman for crying out loud. Anyway, so he said, "Dad," I go, "What?" He goes, "How come the how come the players back then were just so much cooler?" He thinks those guys in those big shoulder padded suits just were cooler. He's like, the NBA was cooler back then. And he's saying that now as a nine year old. And I was like, dude, it was just cooler back then. I don't know, dude. I don't know. You don't think today's NBA players are cool? You don't think they're cool? You don't think that Patrick Beverly is cool? I think Patrick Beverly and Lou Will and Montrez Harrell are super cool. I even said to him, I go, what about Lou Will? What about Pat Bev? What about Kawhi Leonard? He goes, Kawhi Leonard's cool, but he's not as cool as Michael Jordan. And I'm just talking about cool. Look, Michael Jordan's the king of cool. I mean, he's Air Jordan. I think they were more badass. They were definitely more badass. That's where I'd go with that. Well, my son said they were cooler back then, and I agree, Hank. I think they were cooler. I don't. LeBron James is cool. I disagree with your son, and I'm gonna fight him. LeBron James with with his <laughs> Abraham Lincoln beard. That's not cool to me. There's nothing cool about LeBron James's weird beard. I'm sorry. Well, he he look. He is, however, the he is sort of like our next great NBA superstar as far as personality and everything else goes. Let's, you know what uh, I mean? So like, let's take the one-two punch of. Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, so much cooler than LeBron James and Anthony Davis's monobrow. I'm sorry, but those guys are cooler. I like, I prefer Pippen's headcase antics to Anthony Davis's brittle bones and injury prone monobrow. Certainly, certainly, but, but they're not cool. But look, but, but LeBron James and Anthony Davis are cooler than Paxson and Steve Kerr. I mean, you. They're, not every player are, in the NBA at that players, time was bro. cool. Oh, Lord. Look, Come well, on, and dude. here's the thing. You, you take the most successful NBA dynasties, okay? So, obviously, the Bulls are arguably the most successful NBA dynasty. Well, since then, who was it? It was Shaq and Kobe. That era, Shaq that and Kobe era of got them was. I mean, the, the Celtics have won more championships, and the Lakers have won more championships than the Bulls, but that era of the— Chicago Bulls was the most dominant era, I think. No, they, I mean, the, I the think. documentary, they just said it over and over again. This is the modern era. But even at the time, modern era. 
they were saying we might actually be seeing the greatest team in sports history. That, yes, the that greatest season. team, the greatest team, not the greatest franchise. Like we're seeing the greatest team, meaning all the players yes, on not that the franchise. Team, that the franchise team. was garbage before Jordan got there. Yeah, and the Celtics and have won more championships. So, so that's what I'm, yes. If we're talking team, as in those particular guys, hundred percent. So hundred percent. But if you're talking about like different teams. No, I'm talking. I mean, about, so I'm the, talking about the dynasties. That, I'm talking about the specific dy- not the teams. Franchises. Oh, okay, okay. So you, we can, so you got the Spurs, Celtics, you got the the Tim and Duncan Lakers Spurs. The two. You've got the Larry yep. Bird. You got the Larry Bird Celtics. But I, you've got the Shaq, the the Kobe Lakers with Shaq and then with Powell. Yep. Um, there's some Sixers squads in there, right? Going back, I don't know. I'm not enough of a basketball historian to name the other ones. In my lifetime, it's those. Yes, and so look, we have seen. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson get Kevin Durant and be able to win back-to-back championships, but not three-peat. They could not three-peat. We have seen Shaq <laughs> and Kobe get a three-peat. What did they need? Phil Jackson. They needed Coach Phil Jackson, just like Jordan did. So tip of your cap to your favorite NBA coach, Phil Jackson. Greg Popovich's San Antonio Spurs were never able to pull off a three-peat. They won, no. they won a lot of basketball games, and they won a lot of championships, but they never got a three-peat. So it's just the Lakers and the Bulls. They, yeah. and I in, and, our, in our modern era. Yes, and I know, like Jordan was saying, I need, I need to get that three-peat. I need to get the three-peat because Magic couldn't do it, and Bird couldn't do it. So he wanted that three-peat, and he went out and got it. Then that horrible tragedy happens with his father. He goes and plays baseball because that was a childhood dream of his, and they always thought he was going to be a professional baseball player. And then he comes back into the league, and that first of the three championships, when he just collapses on the floor, sobbing on Father's Exhausted. Day. On Father's Day. Holy cow, Hank. I'm not a robot for Oh, God's and the heat. Sake. Sorry, and the heat. We forgot the heat three-peated. No, they did not three-peat. They won back-to-back. Yeah, they did. They got there four times. They lost to the Mavs. They beat... The, the, they lost to the Spurs. They lost to Kawhi Leonard Spurs. Oh, yeah, but they won three, right? They won two. No, they won two. They won two. You're right. You're right. I know I'm right. You're right. LeBron has won three championships, one with Cleveland, two with Miami, and he lost six. He lost six championships, Ugh. two with Miami and the rest with Cleveland. So what Michael Jordan did was truly spectacular. I loved learning about some of the role players. I loved watching Michael Jordan trash talk. And I loved knowing more about nutty, nutty Dennis Rodman. And you love Horace Grant. Horace Grant was great. And that was cool that Horace Grant went over to Orlando magic and played with Shaq. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, For the sure. last dance was fantastic. I'm so glad you binged it. Is there anything more we need to get in on the last dance clipcast? I thought this was great. Thanks for uh, being back. It's been a horrible hiatus. I've missed you and I've missed basketball. And thank God for the last dance, man. Buddy, I've missed you too. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have reason to clipcast with the practice facilities open and players starting to do stuff. Hopefully we'll get back on next week. I don't have anything else in my notes. We literally with talking about Phil Jackson's shoulders, got the last of what I jotted down as I watched the series clip uh, Clippers fans. We miss you. Uh, subscribe, share, 
Um, send us some tweets, man. We'll, we'll wrap back and forth with you. We'll engage with you on Twitter, and uh, hopefully some stuff happens in the next couple of weeks, and we'll be able to get back on the microphones and talk to you and get ready for uh, hopefully a little bit more basketball in the coming months. Absolutely. Holler at LA Clipcast, at Henry Dittman on Twitter. We're always going to clap back, fire back, get a dialogue going. We miss you guys. We can't wait to get back on the mic and talk Clippers basketball. Sadly, there's been nothing to talk about as all – Clippers basketball news has been the Clippers are sitting on their couch just like us watching the last dance, but the facilities are back. The guys are back playing together. The team is back. When will the NBA get back? As soon as we know, you'll know, and we'll be there to talk about it. Michael Jordan, amazing. Absolutely spectacular. What a wonderful thing the last dance was to go back to that time in the 90s. I missed that roar of the crowd. I can't wait to experience it at the Clippers Arena in Englewood. You and I went to go see a game in Chicago at the United Center, Hank. We saw Michael, we did. We saw we did. Michael Jordan's statue outside that United Center. We did. It's true. Oh, I do have one. And, and now that you've said that, I have one last thing to add right here at the end of the Clipcast. Toot toot. Oh, God. It's been so long. I don't think anyone gets your reference. <laughs> I don't there's, care. There's Hank tooting the real his own fans, horn. And I'd like the, to at least one fan will tweet at me, hashtag toot toot, toot and that's toot. all I care about. At least Michael one. Michael Jordan, fantastic. Thank you for crafting Scotty Headcase Pippen into one of the 50 greatest all-time NBA players, which I don't think he's even in the top 500 if he goes and plays with anyone else. Pip needed Jordan way more than Jordan needed Pippen, but Jordan couldn't do it by himself. As Doug Collins got fired and found out, as Phil Jackson unlocked, as John Paxson proved being wide open and nailing that three. Hats off to Steve Kerr making me actually like you because you coached the hated division rival Warriors, and I actually liked watching Steve Kerr regaling us of old Bulls stories. And hats off to you, MJ. My one last story about Michael Jordan was Hank and I were going to see the Clippers play the Washington Wizards when Michael Jordan yes. came out of retirement and was part owner of the Wizards and made a whole boatload of cash to play one crazy season. And you and I go there and we have to line up and something we weren't used to because the Clippers weren't very good back then in 2002, I think it was. And the line was out the building and in front of us was Elliot Gould, an actor old-time actor from the Ocean's Eleven movies and the MASH movie, Elliot Gould, who looks so perturbed because I thought we were playing Seattle, is what he said angrily <laughs> as he had to wait to get in to see his beloved Clippers play the Washington Wizard, Wizards and a 40-year-old Jordan. Um, I love that they didn't even dip their toe into him coming back because it wasn't about that. It was about the last dance. And I'm telling you, you have said on this show many times that Phil Jackson is your favorite coach of all time, and I've argued against you, and I was wrong, Hank. You were right. Phil Jackson is the greatest NBA coach of all time. Oh, all right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, I'll and thank it. you to the listeners. Anything else you want to talk about before I let you go, Hank? Not at all. Thank you, Clippers fans. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more soon. All right. Sound the horn. That's the long horn of a day drinker, folks. 